Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. From the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Tuesday edition. Back in the saddle here on Cleveland Browns Daily, merely Bo in the great Z. Uh, we'll have some time for some frivolity and, and fun weekend as things went along, but we do have yeah. some news here uh, in the last hour. Um, and I think, you know, just from the, the prospect of, kind of laying out kind of where where all of this is at this point. And this has always been and is, frankly, for us going to continue to be a bit of a difficult talk because, you know, obviously we do this show in Berea, right? And so there's there's that that's part right. of it that's, that is and until the Browns have a statement, that will be something that will – or if they do. I, we don't know at this point if they will. Um, but here's what we do know at, at 1 o'clock is that uh, Tony Busby, the attorney um, in, in, these, in these women who are, have filed civil complaint against Deshaun Watson, announced a little more than an hour ago um, that they have reached settlement on 20 of the 24 civil suits. Um, so we do know that that has been the case. Uh, beyond that – is there's a lot of conjecture about what could be the case. We also know this, that the NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy on the settling of the 24 civil lawsuits said, quote, today's development has no impact on the collectively bargained disciplinary process. So a couple of things on this. There's a lot of this was this is always going to be incredibly complicated because what you are and, and look, you guys are smart. If you're listening to this show, you've read you've seen all the stuff that's out there. Um, there's a couple of factors here. So there is Deshaun Watson's status here as the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Yep. There is the NFL's decision on suspension to length of sure. how long, what it looks like, all of that. Yep. There is civil litigation 
that right now 20 of those 24 now there, allegedly there was going to be 25 26 but i don't know if those last those have two were ever filed those nope. have not been filed so you have 20 of the 24 have been filed as as i am kind of paying attention here in the last hour and this is coming fast and furious it does feel like the other four could be coming too from various reports that this could be and i would assume that that would be the case that if you settled one with busby you would settle all with busby as he represents all of the um all of the alleged victims in the civil litigation so this is for you're looking for financial gain yes for wrongdoing so this yep. is that's where this is it's important i think sometimes to remember that so i do think that before there could be the nfl not before this makes it easier for the nfl the browns watson to move forward on penalty for whatever whatever the nfl deems was done wrong here once this part's done to me z it seemed like it was almost impossible for the league to penalize him and deshaun watson not to appeal and fight that penalty because almost anything other than doing that would be a, some sort of an admission of guilt so this allows for to me that road to be navigated absolutely and look i'm going to make a couple of assumptions here first assumption deshaun watson wants to get this behind him right and so that he can focus on playing football, preparing for the season. I think the Browns would want that. I think the league would want that. So I think all of that makes sense. And by the way, it is important to note a settlement is not in any way, shape, or form an admission of guilt. That being said, I think we started to see at the end of last week things come out from the NFL and the NFLPA that the NFLPA was vigorously going to defend him. There was talk of even uh, the clause in the collective bargaining agreement that said, you know, owners would be held to a higher standard than the players to then say, well, if you're doing this to Deshaun Watson, we are going to do this. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to have the potential for owners to be under oath and things of that nature. It felt like to me, again, this is total assumptions. These are based on no facts. These are not scores in any way, shape or form. But it did feel to me like you were having public posturing from the NFL saying, yeah, we really wanted to be harsh. The NFLPA saying, if you do that, we're appealing, and this is what the consequences of that would be. Yeah. Okay, let's all figure this out and have a situation where we come up with a suspension that is probably not going to be all that lengthy. This is, again, my guess, that they will say, we wanted to do this. This is where we ended up at. The NFLPA would say, well, we thought there should be zero. So this is a great compromise, as Larry Day would tell you, in a compromise, you know, nobody is happy. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where we're headed, and I think we're headed there rather quickly. I, I know that there's a lot of people saying, well, Deshaun Watts said he never wanted to settle. He was going to clear his name. And I don't know what the change in thought process was, but I can tell you as somebody, and I'm sure many of us out here have been in some type of a, a court situation, you can't say, yeah, I want to settle, because then you lose all your leverage Correct. to settle. So yes. you, whatever you would be working behind the scenes on, and we know that there were discussions of settlements going back to as far as the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. So this is shouldn't be like an about face. It's just what do you expect somebody to say in a public situation? Real quickly on that, the same was said of those who have filed suit that, that they, they would, would never settle. Yes. So of course that is the tone you take. In litigation, of course, you know, so I like it's this, litigation. this, while this is not an admission of guilt of Deshaun Watson, the other could be said of the other side of it, right? They've yep. reached something that's amicable for all. Yep. 
That's what's that's all this is. And it's going to be confidential. And that's going to allow both sides to say we got exactly what we wanted out of this. We are putting it behind us and we're moving forward. And I think that that's probably what I imagine everybody wants in this situation. They want to move yes. forward and have it yeah. behind them. It has been, I'm sure, uh, very difficult on the plaintiffs. I'm sure it's been very difficult on Deshaun. It's been very difficult on the Browns. It's been difficult on everybody you know who likes this football team for a variety of reasons. There have been other situations around the National Football League where things have been uh, accused. There have been settlements. And, again, we're not going to know until <laughs> if any of these ever do go to court and they have an opportunity. What we do know right now, the only thing that we know is that, that nothing criminal happened at this juncture in the eyes of the courts as there were That's 10 yeah. attempts to bring criminal charges against Deshaun Watson in two different counties. No grand juries indicted Deshaun Watson, which means they didn't feel that there was even enough evidence to have a trial as to see whether or not a crime committed. They were, they are convinced that no crime was committed. So that's where we are right now. 20 of the 24 are there. There are four still outstanding. You've heard, uh, and I've seen some things as well, that there are, you know, looking to close those four. Now, we, Busby said, you know, Ashley Solis wants to continue to go forward with hers. We'll see what ends up happening there. But four, while still a big number, is not 24. 20 of these are now clean, closed, done and dusted, as they would say. And so I think that the goal would be to resolve all of this so that everybody can just move forward to whatever the satisfaction is. And, you know, for Deshaun, you're, you set, there could be a variety of reasons. One, right, to focus on playing football. And I have no idea what his mindset is. Number two, folks, being involved in this stuff is not fun. Anybody who's been in any type of a, a litigation situation with depositions and it goes on and on and on and the money that you spend goes on and on and mounts and mounts and mounts, it's not necessarily the most fun thing or, or the most productive way to live your life or to spend yeah. your time on. And I would imagine that people want to do that. And I would also think that perhaps other sides saw, okay, maybe it's not going to be as easy as we thought. Let's get this now when we get out. And, and that's great. I don't know. It's just good, I think, from our standpoint as the host of Clean Browns Daily that now 20 of these are, are resolved. There are four outstanding, and, and hopefully they will be resolved soon as well. I, well said on your end. I, I also think that this part allows for the next part to happen. It felt like the next... It felt like the next part was on a treadmill going nowhere yes. be until this happened. Once this happens, this this signifies closure. Yep. Right? That's so this, this gets you closure on 20 out of the 24. Yep. My thinking would be, and again, just to reiterate, because sometimes it's not abundantly clear, and these are not scores in any way, shape, or form, my thinking would be that the other four probably will be settled as well in a relatively decent amount of short order. This would allow for the NFL then to say, here is what we would like to do from a punitive standpoint based on the fact that we're in this mess to begin with, right? So that's what this would allow. But until this was done, I was having a hard time understanding how the NFL could, could levy any sort of penalty to Watson and how Watson would accept it. Right. And, and they wouldn't. And, and, I and think they wouldn't. And he wouldn't. So that to me, like in order for that part to move forward, folks, it's June 21st. Yeah. Like camps five weeks away. July 30th, the way we go, like it's five weeks. Like there's this, the, in order for this to move forward, things had to happen. Like this had to happen. There was otherwise I, I kept finding out. I've just, even in, you know, other things that I do for a living, I'm just talking about it out loud going like, I don't know how you even begin to do this because of how complicated all of this is. So this allows for a more straightforward approach to that. 
Sure, and I think it, it allows for people to be able to move on from this at some point and to be yeah. able to move forward that, look, this is, whether you like it or not, the only people who know what happened were the people in that room, and they have reached an, an agreement that makes 20 of them happy that this is case is closed, moving forward. It's done. It's done. Yeah. So that, I think, is an important thing. I also feel, as I said very strongly, that I think the NFL – and the NFLPA and the independent arbiter, this judge, former judge, that they want this to be as clean as possible. I don't think they want it to be this massive yeah. thing. Then it gets appealed. Then who knows where that – I think everybody wants this to all be clean and tidy, and unfortunately it's always not clean and tidy, but so that people can move forward, so that they can get back to the business of what – it is that these people do, whether it be on the side from, you know, the NFL, just having football be the topic of discussion, same for the Browns, same for Deshaun Watson, obviously. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. That's where it is right now, though. There are four pending civil lawsuits against Deshaun Watson. We don't know if those will be resolved or if there will be even more, you know, fewer or more, I'm sorry, settlements to go Correct. forward. Yeah. Uh, this from Josina Anderson to CBS Sports. She was here last week and, and has um, had quite a few comments on this over the last week or so. Deshaun Watson's legal counsel and advisors continue to work vigorously behind the scenes to bolster their expected arguments while waiting for an initial announcement from the NFL. There are some I have talked to who believe the league has started to send some signals. We will see. So this goes to what, what you were just saying um, and, and the idea of wanting this to be clean, wanting this not to be something that drags out uh, anymore through the rest of the summer. So that's where we stand um, on all of that. Um, coming up next, boy, there was a lot going on. We had There were stadium renderings making the rounds yeah. <laughs> throughout the weekend as well. Uh, we will get into that coming up next. We're off and running on a Tuesday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Well, the Bath Authority can give you that bathroom of your dreams. They can do it for you in about a day. Why not transform your current bathroom into a luxurious spa-like feel? And again, the Bath Authority does it in about a day. Let them make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler. They are experts. They are factory trained. They can install it as it is meant to be installed. Call them now for 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. The number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. The largest selection of bath projects are all made in the United States. You can change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. You need an acrylic tub that will insulate, keep the heat in. They can do that. Tub to shower, mm. conversion, superior products, expert installers at the Bath Authority. 500 bucks off your next Order, give them a call at 216-220-8399. So in addition to uh, this breaking news on the Watson front in regard to the settlement, we also have this. Now, this this came, this started on like maybe was it Saturday or even Friday night yeah. that I saw it on social, like these images of, of stadium that were bouncing around. Um, I, I know that we're citing Florio here, but it was it was locally 
is where it came from. He aggregated it, but there, it was somebody locally here who had it uh, first and, and kind of had the story to it. Um, the, this, this notion of, of new stadiums being studied uh, that, that led, in fact, from um, our, our PJB, Peter John Baptiste, Senior Vice President of Communications, uh, releasing a statement on the studies. Um, he says in the statement, contrary to recent speculation, a recent feasibility study we launched does not contemplate a new stadium or showcase new stadium sites. A significant stadium renovation at our current site is the premise of the study, as well as a focus on how to provide accessibility to the lakefront, drive density, and create a 365 destination major development opportunities that will include new public parks, retail office, experience, uh, residential spaces. The vision, as many in our community have already seen, is centered on an extensive land bridge. So this is just about the future of the stadium going forward. Um, it's appropriate. I mean, again, not scores, just me. Uh, it's appropriate. It's time. Uh, if you look at what's happening around the league, um, it is something that is that is due. And if you if you think about big picture for the state and for the region, this is me talking, not yep. whatever's going on in these studies. To me, this state needs a a stadium situation that can be used year round. It needs a dome, a retractable. It needs an ability to host Final Fours and college football championships and WrestleManias. It should not be something that sits on a lakefront, vacant, dormant outside of 10 weeks a year. Agreed. It's impossible to do that. It's a, it, it, At this point, has always seemed silly to me that this was the case. Again, Bo Bishop talking, not the Cleveland Browns. I have no idea what, what, what the, the thinking there is. I'm not privy. I'm not a big Listen. enough B for that. But from my vantage point, it just seems common sense. Of course. Like you've been to these places. You've been to Minneapolis. You've oh, my been, God. It's so nice. It's unbelievable. You've been to L.A. You've been to other places. And anytime somebody comes and they go, oh, yeah, they're never going to host a, a Final Four in Cleveland, never going to host a Super Bowl in Cleveland. Dude, they had them both in Detroit. And Indianapolis. Right. They're just they're Midwestern cities. Like, our city, our region, our state, This we are the only ones capable of doing this. It's not going to happen in Cincinnati. Nope. It's not going to happen in Columbus. So this is the one city in the state that could do this. Wouldn't it be nice to host a Super Bowl in a state that has houses the Hall of Fame? Doesn't that seem appropriate at some point? It's doable. It's very doable. But you got to have the building first. And we have the hotel capacity set up around yes. the Republican National Convention. So we've got the capacity to host these mega events that would bring a massive influx of cash to this area. You go look up the studies. Go get on your Google machine. Look at how much of an economic impact a WrestleMania has on the, its host city, on how much a Super Bowl has on its host city, on how much a Final Four has on its host city. There is the opportunity for all that. I've been advocating that for a long time. Now, and my advocacy was at times due to those factors and the majority would be those but also was spurned on by the fact that i was on those 10 <laughs> 10 sundays i'm standing out in the elements not pleasant always now i'm out, i'm in the booth yeah not my problem right however i still think it's the best and if the browns are constructing a team that now has an elite quarterback in Deshaun Watson, that you've got an opportunity to play modern offensive football to throw the ball around the yard doesn't it make sense if you feel like you can craft the best roster, doesn't it make sense to eliminate variables to have everything in a climate-controlled, quality-controlled environment so that the best can just prevail? Uh, to me, it does. It feels like it makes sense to me. Yes, and beyond that, you know, th there's something, and I, I'm, I'd be respectful, but I, but I also think that there is an old way of thinking of, you know, this is who we are. We've yes, got to be I get in that, the frozen though. tundra and all yes. of this stuff. 
Um, but the league is shifting away from that. Go ask Green Bay how great their home field advantage has been in the last couple of NFC playoffs. Not great. Not. 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 It's hard to play in that stuff, home or away. It's hard to play in it. And guess what? It's hard to go sit in it. It's not enjoyable. No. It's not enjoyable to go sit in it. And here's another thing. Guess what else? You put a dome on something, guess what it's going to be? Louder. 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 Comfortable. We can drop snow on you. They do it in Minneapolis. Right. We'll drop snow on you yeah. all you want. Yeah. I mean, think about, okay, Atlanta's got a dome. Lovely weather. They do it because it might be too hot. Right. L.A., they play in a dome. Dallas is in a dome. Houston. Houston is New in Orleans. a dome. New Orleans. I mean, there are so many in the league. Arizona. Again, for heat. Yeah. But I just think it makes a lot of sense here, as you talked about, from the economic impact, it certainly is a no-brainer. The things it will bring to this city. The fact that this is now something for – Big concert tours. Guess what? Did you know the big concert tours, stadium tours, happen all year long? That's right. They don't only happen in June or July. That's when the Browns can get them, June or July. You talk about all year long, big soccer matches, whatever you want to call it. You have the opportunity to be a 365-day-a-year sports destination. I'm all for it. I've made that abundantly clear. I, again, we're not the powers that be. These are just our own personal opinions in this. I do think that there is a battle in the in the heart of it over yes this is makes the most sense yes this is exactly what's right for the era economically it's probably what's best for the football team but versus the were the cleveland browns and the cleveland browns play football outdoors in the elements that's who we are on the lake and minnesota vikings just do that too and i mean the, I, the, I purple, heard, the purple people eaters era they played outside in the frozen let me tell you something i didn't hear one complaint from anybody any minnesotan no you know, I, I think of, it is starting to shift too. Um, and just in terms, I've seen several people like put up a put up polls, you know, in the last couple of days about you know, is it important that we pl continue to play outside? And it, I saw there was one this morning that that some Browns podcast put up that was they had four thousand votes and it was eighty eight percent no, it's not. Give me the dome. Like it is. I would agree. Shifting towards that part of it. Here are things to think about as well. Number one, the National Football League is the best television product in the world. Right, So you have got to create an environment that is conducive to people wanting to leave their homes to deal with the parking and to go and be at the game live. There's nothing better than being at the game live, and we course, all know that. It's the best. However, it is a great television product. And so I think as we see things in the sports betting, right, and we're talking about a future. I'm talking about the future now where you have in your seat – your own console that is going to allow you to gamble live from your seat. Is this going to be a pass? Is it going to be a completion? Are they going to score on this drive? All the different live odds you're going to be able to do and participate. Yep. You want to do that in a comfortable environment. That is not nearly as fun if you're being pelted with freezing rain. No. Okay. So think. I just think it all makes sense. And last year, I'll say it once. I said it twice. I'll say it a billion times. So I'm blue in the face. And until I see something that's better. Minnesota is the best stadium in the NFL, and it is exactly something that is feasible here. It's not as grand as Jerry World. It's not as grand as what they've got at SoFi. It's not even as big as the Mercedes-Benz Dome or whatever they're calling it now. Is that New Orleans? And or what's, is in Atlanta also Mercedes? I, it, I think one of them became Caesars. I think the New Orleans one became Caesars. Caesars and, and Atlanta's Mercedes. Yeah. 
it's just perfect and it feels small and it feels connected to the Vikings and it feels connected to that community. The way the glass looks out, you can see into downtown. You've got, as we said, you know, it's got a Viking ship shape to it. It you can do something that would feel very Cleveland inside of that dome structure that I think would be great and, and would allow to as we've talked about so many times, things to happen there year round that it's an a never ending entertainment destination. Yes. Yes. Which is a good thing. That's what you want. You don't want a lakefront dormant for most of the year. No, and if and part that's of not what you want. I mean, that's a city thing beyond just the Browns thing. That's just a city thing. You know? If, so it's it's to me like I get all of it. And I, I do think we're a ways off before yeah. if, if you can understand how these things, you know, need to get in the motion. It's funny, I have not been to I've seen to, you've been to everyone in the NFL. I've been to a lot of dome stadiums yep. for college football games, NFL games, playoff games, and Super Bowls. At no point, at no point did I think that the environment lacked from being in a dome. At no point did I think the environment was sterile because it was in a dome. No. It didn't seem like that at all. And in fact, I found that in most instances where there is a home team and an away team, that it is louder in those than it is in open air and that's a big part of home field advantage just as much as it is about the weather yeah no doubt it's the it's that part of it it's the noise part of it can you create more noise yes you can in a dome fact yeah because it, it stays in and comes back that's right so you have tremendous we'll engineering see. in seattle that allows that stadium to be very very loud but a dome is going to be louder always period end of story and I think that, you know, I would love to have it be a dome where it is a retractable roof. So sure. when it's nice here, yeah, and you could, you know, work on having natural grass in it. I think that would be important. I think that feels very Cleveland. I think the play on turf would not feel as Cleveland, but there's uh, hopefully there's some way that they can work around that and figure that out. we got a lot of technology now. I feel like there are lights that you could put inside well, that could keep your grass going. You could be just fine. Haslam Sports Group built the stadium in Columbus That's right. at the crew. Now that is open air, yep. but it's below the water table and they grow grass on that. They have these lamps and they grow it and away you go. So you can do it. Absolutely. And I love the Minnesota one because of the, it's just so airy with the windows. Like it's just it's an beautiful awesome feel to it. It's and it really sounds cool. great. And for some reason your vision is even better when you're there. It's, it was, it was awesome. I think it's stadium perfection and it's been around what? That's a, almost a decade now, probably, right? Six years? Four or five. Yeah, five years, probably. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. At le I would say at least five years, right? Was it U.S. Maybe Bank? longer. I mean, it's been around. Built in, opened in 2016. Yeah, so six be, years. Six yeah. years. And it is just spectacular. Yeah. This is from, here, here was, so this is one on social. This is just someone who doesn't understand, who has not been to this place. So, uh, out of town cap. It, it's an open. It has must be open air, naturally lit stadium, not like a Minnesota or Atlanta stadium. Too dark, either retractable or open air like L.A. Uh, first of all, L.A. the temperature seventy degrees every day, so that's a big reason how they can do open air, right? Yep. So that's a big part of it. Second of all, Minnesota is not dark at all. It's bright. That stadium is oh, bright. I don't even know if they, do they even turn on the – you don't even hardly need to turn on the lights. It's so bright in that place. They no, do great. just to balance the top it. The top is – the sun comes through the top. Right, and the one whole end is windows. Is, is glass. It's right. all glass. So that's yeah. – I don't even know – you guys were just there. I was there a couple of years ago. But It's you, amazing. You don't need – it's bright. It's that perfect. Place is, that's really quite perfect.
Yeah. Um, but the the, so the we'll ceiling see. is translucent. Right. Pretty good jump. Yeah. No, it's it, they they got it. They've nailed it. Uh, absolutely. So, boy, we had a lot of business out of the gates of this thing. Yeah. I mean, not a lot of story time. Like we haven't even was, gotten into any story time. We have had no good. story time. It's been all heavy lifting. The official Nana is not going to like that first half hour. No, no, and she's with uh, with Bryce right now. They're they are listening after a great Father's Day weekend, and I hope you had one. A sure, great sure. Peepaw sure, weekend sure. for you, Gibbe. And yeah, no, this was this was right. We didn't want to start so We had tons of frivolity and, yeah. and jocularity for you. We had a lot of a lot of work, a lot of yeah. heavy lifting that the Big Bees had to do on we a Tuesday. Do back. No, we're not so afraid. We did it. Ah, you find you safe. Uh, much more to come. Cleveland Browns. In this case, there is still an hour and a half of show. Cleveland yeah. Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. A lot of bad advice about gambling from secret methods, picking lottery numbers, to betting big winner on a roll. The miss can lose you money and get you in a lot of trouble. So before you wager, find out what's real and what isn't at keepitfunohio.com. Uh, nice weekend, boys. Good weekend. Good Father's Day. It was great. It really was. Had a great Father's Day. Uh, we were able to go and, and had I had a nice brunch. Um, went to a, a M Italian. We had a great brunch, and then with the kids, went up to the pool for a little bit. There you go. And got some swimming in, which was fun. And then we came back and uh, and grilled and played some euchre. And um, food was phenomenal. I I had something that I had not had before, and I'm curious to see what you guys think. So we went for for the Father's Day dinner, just to spice it up from the normal Zagura Steakhouse dinner. We got I got some lobster cocktail. So Heinen's will have that, you know, that chilled lobster meat. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like a half a pound of that. Okay. And with some of the St. Elmo's cocktail sauce. Oh, okay. And it was delightful. That feels like it would be. I yeah. mean, they're not they're not chopping up tail in there, so I don't want people to think that you're getting like a lot yeah. of tail meat. Maybe you'll get every now and then you'll get a little piece, but it's mostly claws, but like yeah. good claws. Yeah, yeah. And so it was it was really good. So we had that, and then we had a, a little Caesar, because uh, Arden loves the Caesar salad. We had um at heinen's have you seen those cauliflower steaks where they're like cut the red i mean the purple the, yes. the yellow and the green delicious so i did all the shopping saturday so i took this i think i told you about this the blonde italian i think is what it's called it's like a seasoning yes and it's like in a jar so it's like olive oil garlic all this stuff i did that mixed it with some flavoring chilies and i just like doused it on those and let them sit in that overnight they were so good on the grill. They're incredible. And we all had steaks. We all had our different kinds of steaks because we have a – Artie loves a filet. Of course she does. Naturally. Miss Kay loves a Only good strip. Best. Nana had a strip as well. I had a big T-bone. And then, of course, for Bryce, we got noodles. So we got the bucatini, the flour bucatini that they sell, mm -hmm. which is so good. Uh, put some mushrooms in that. And then the sauce I had never used for. I'm a big truff guy. Yeah. White truff I find to be just an incredible hot sauce. And just delicious sauces. I, it's good on everything. They make an Arabiata. Truff okay. does the brand. So it's yeah. got a little truffle flavor to it. It's got some real heat to it. So I did that on the Bucatini as kind of like the little pasta. I, 
and we had a, a great bottle of wine. It was just, it was great. It's a win. It was a huge win. We had a great time. And then my kids are now old enough where they wrote like really meaningful cards. Both of them were yeah. incredibly nice. Like I was, Bryce's was by far the nice card of of his career, and he even did a little drawing <laughs> on the back that was really fantastic. His career, yeah. And then Arden, he's Arden really in his prime as a card maker. Yeah, well, he's entering it. He's, he's entering, entering it. it. Yeah, Artie's been there. And Artie's, yeah. She, I mean, I I was crying, and then Bryce won't let anybody else read his card, so nobody else got to know it was just for me. Arden, I think, was quite proud of what she did, so she was happy. So, and then Kayla's reading, she's crying. Everybody's crying. It was like a cry fest. <laughs> and then my mom. The official Nana of CBD must went to must have gone to like an arts craft store and bought every Fourth of July decoration that there exists in the world, like things that you stake into the ground, sure. pinwheels. You got wreaths, Fourth of July wreaths, an old American car that's a Fourth of July car, and all this stuff to be like I could decorate my house, your house, her house. So it all comes. It's all. I was dying laughing. I'm like, sometimes she's like, ah, you never know what you needed. You know, now she also, Nana's become quite an artist and she did a painting of our family walking on like our favorite path in Chagrin Falls. And it was actually pretty good. Nana's the official becoming, Nana is yeah, an artiste. She is now she's painted wow. like thousands of things. She did some great Scottsdale scapes for me. Wow. She's good. I told her we went to Chagrin Falls at an art show, I think two weekends ago. And I said, you should get one of these like booths and see if you could like, Make a little scratch. Yeah. I think I think she could. Sling some painting. Yeah. I like it. So the best part was, though, that Nana then goes, well, I got you a bunch of these things, and, I, and I, I knew you wouldn't like them all, so I'll take the ones that you didn't like. So it was basically like, here's a thousand Fourth of July things. You pick a few, and I'll take them. I, like I, I don't like calling it Fourth of July. I like to calling it your birthday. Yeah, for my birthday. Sure. Yeah, sure, for sure. your birthday. Very patriotic. Yeah. Very patriotic. I said, Nana, you're, you're like the most patriotic person in the country apparently right now, <laughs> which is saying something these days. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, Gibby, how about yours? You do good. You do good. Everybody, you got what you needed. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a full day Sunday. It was a full day. Uh, we entertained. We had twenty. Gosh, you are lots you are of food. Entertaining SOB. He is lots of beverage. Yep. My day came yesterday when I played golf, and everybody went back to work. There you go. That's that's how I celebrated the weekend. <laughs> a mo- Monday on the golf is pretty good. You get a, get a Monday on the golf. Although, course, it's pretty I, good. not gonna lie, a lot of people clearly had the day off yesterday. Uh, I don't think anybody works anymore, uh, period. That's what I think. I don't think anyone works anymore. I think everybody's at home. Uh, Not us. No, we're not. We're here. We're we're redoing the thing out there, and we're here. New route in here. Jay, I think I snuck up on Jay. Yeah, you did. You got to sneak up on him. Didn't know where I was. One thing I got to add real quick, my gift from Miss K, which was something, as we talked about, you know, this is something that could be discussed before, perhaps. I don't yeah. you know. My kids aren't dialed in to exactly what I want. Like sure. Your kids are, which is really Really incredible, incredible how much they pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they're in your brain. Sure. Uh, we got, so I'm a big, I, who doesn't love a good zero gravity chair, right? Yeah. They're great. Love a good zero gravity chair. We are now the proud owners of a zero gravity love seat. That's right. We're both on there. Together, in wow, life, reclining, free of gravity. Together, really, it's awesome. I I've got four zero gravity chairs. I oh, love a zero. I gravity don't know that chair. I have one. What? Oh, they're fantastic. Is that like the, like the the moon thing or whatever? Or no, they're like a zero gravity chair. They look, you know, they got like the fabric on them, and you get in it, and it like leans back all the way, so you're almost kind of like flat, and they're just so comfortable and light and airy. Zero gra- You've seen a billion of these. It's Fantastic kind of like a lounge Saturday chair, when I but better than a lounge chair. Yeah. 
and you just sit on it and you relax. It's got a little cup holder. You can have your favorite beverage, and just you can like they're like it like an outdoor chair. Or yes, oh, it's, yeah. yeah, it's an outdoor chair. No, I've never. I don't have one of these. Oh my god, you should. Like he set a couple of those up poolside, and you're just in there as king of the castle, sitting in your zero gravity, <laughs> while Bootsy has his morning swim. You'll love it. Oh, okay. I have seen these. Yes, everybody's got. Them. I've never. I never. I don't have one, but I. Oh, you I've, should. I've, I have Did you seen say them. Couch, by the way. I said love seat. Love seat. Love seat. It's a. It's a. It's basically a double wide. So I've seen them be for for. Like I've seen one person use them. Obviously, you can. It's very comfy and cozy. And you know, if you're a bigger person, it'd, it'd fit you really nice. But for two people, it's just a real treat. I love where this is going. You're gonna get one of these, Gibe? I think I am. Yeah, it's great, dude. It's, I mean, I, I couldn't be happier with it. We sat on it for a little bit yesterday. Boy, what a delight! I like this. Okay, now I see that they even have these like for indoors or like recliners and all sorts. Yeah, it's basically of stuff. you can have it indoor. They, you can sit. Why not? You can sit anywhere you fantastic. want. Fantastic. The first time it swings back, you think you're oh, gonna fall, but, but no, you don't. You're not. not. You're weightless now. You have I like no gravity. That. I like it. Uh, had a good day. Did um, yep. the? Uh, it's interesting. So the, the Amy lets the boys pick out whatever cards they want for me, and then they write little things on them. Um, and my oldest, my ten-year-old, I believe it was my yeah, it was my ten-year-old. Um, he picked one uh, with me as Indiana Jones, and I said, "Well, that's fantastic." There's few people I'd rather be yeah. than Indiana Jones, and I'm so thrilled that yeah. you view me that way, son. That's a good job. That is me. a good job. Um, so we had that, had nice little stuff on there, nice little little letters, and uh, had a brunch with the in-laws, and then uh, so people came over, played a little pickleball and such. I had but one. I had there. There are two big takeaways from the from the Father's Day extra, extravaganza. Number one, all I really wanted. Uh, as they're sitting there, and they're they like, well, what do you want? What do you do? And I said, you know what? I would like for you three to rebound for me. And I'm going to shoot. Shots. Yeah, and you're going to rebound. And there. <laughs> I'm going to put some this shots great. up. I just want to yeah. shoot, and I don't want to chase it. I'm going to shoot, get some shots up, and you guys rebound. They didn't understand. It was so hard for them because they're so selfish with their basketball from the standpoint of they fight for a rebound to be able to shoot it again. Yep. Like they didn't even understand the concept of, I'm sure you guys warmed up this way when you were young until you miss it, you get the ball back. Yeah. They're too young. to And understand then even that. once you miss it, you break and they give you a pass. You, you get a layup and then, and then they, you the next them guy. the ball. Right. Yeah. That's the process. It's customary. Yeah. They're not old enough. This to is a society. That. We live in society. So I've had to explain that to them in the last couple of weeks that you shoot till you miss. Yeah. And then you, that's the way that that goes. So explaining to them like, I'm going to shoot, and your only job is to rebound. Was amazing <laughs> watching the That's confusion great. Now, on their face. How many basketballs did you have in play? Two. Okay, so you ha they, someone should have had one. There was always one hopping. Yeah, there was always one hopping. Yeah, so I did that for like 15, 20 minutes, and it was joy. Uh, to, I've, it's been a long time. It's been since high school that I've had somebody literally just rebound for me. Yeah, just for fun. And, and that's fun, just to get shots up. So we did get to do that. Then, uh, so we went to the club for dinner, and it came time to order. Oh, boy. Um, so, yeah, you know, the kids were really well behaved, and um, and they always are at those things. I have a high standard. I'm very tough on them. But, we, you know, when we sit down, we we talk, and we eyes up, and we they order themselves. Like, there's certain things that we do, and whatever. And it's nice. Like, people, boy, those they're great. Those kids are really well behaved. As you guys know, there's nothing that you like more than people saying that. That's a great Because it means, well, we, we're doing things right. That's right. So it came time to order, uh, and the oldest one did order a filet, of course. Uh, and it's funny, he looked at me as he ordered it, like knowing, thinking that I would crush him for it. And I didn't say anything. I let it go. Fine. Go ahead. Enjoy it. 
I'm paying for it anyway. So it comes at the end of the end comes to my order and I order a dry aged ribeye. Now, uh, this is a ribeye is my favorite steak. Away we go. Of course. So it comes time. Yep. Quick question. Mr. Zero. Back to the, to the ribeye real quickly is a question. When you go, if you were to go to the store to purchase your own ribeye that yeah. you yourself were cooking, yep. what are you looking for the most when you look at it? I need a marbling. I mean, I need, sure. I need to have that marbling. It's got to be consistent throughout the meat. I like um, a marbling. I like a big cap. It's got to have a Of course. Yeah, you need a nice cap on that thing, but that's then you have the marbling there. Oh, yeah, sure, of course. So then you you've do got the, that the inner and the marbling that's yeah. all around it. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. Okay. That's all right. Back that's to the dry aged. So, yeah, yes. but I I don't ever grill a dry aged. Me neither. I'm pretty good at grilling steaks, so I I always try to go something different. So, I went with the dry aged and then I went with a, a truffle au jus on that, which was delicious. It was quite delicious. Ooh, like However, truffle. when it came out, I knew as soon as it started making its way, that this was not what I ordered uh, because this one had a giant rib on it. So this was a tomahawk ribeye sure. that was being delivered to me. Yeah. So the boys got a little lesson in how to handle your business. So an, a, the dry aged ribeye was a certain price point. Yeah. And what did they have? Like and, a and I was more ribeye? than happy with that. More than happy with that. That's what I really wanted. Yeah. It was good. The tomahawk was an elevated. Of course. Substantially elevated yeah. price point. So I said, you know, I didn't you know, I didn't order this, but here's what I'm going to do. Apologizing. No, 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 no. Apologize. We'll take it back. I'll, I'll get you in. No, no, no. Everybody else's steak's here. I'll go ahead and eat this. I'm just going to be charged for the one I ordered. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Right? Yeah. I don't want to wait. Theory, I don't want to miss out yes. on this. I'm not missing out. Your mistake. You'll yep. pay the we'll difference. We'll just acknowledge that this, you yep. know, it was end of yep. the night. I knew yep. that steak was going in the garbage at that point. It's eight. It was eight after eight o'clock on a Sunday. It's already been served. Once it's been served, it's not it's going either going to anybody to else's or meal yeah. in the or it's out. You did so them. Is, you did a nice. I did thing. them a personal favor. Yeah. And the brown spotted that gave it itself. That's right. For this the, was not going to go. This meat was right. not going to land. Good for you. Without a plate. Uh huh. So, to their credit. I mean, this ends up being a happy happy ending on this story. They were thrilled to be able to do so. So we had tomahawks is what we did. Yeah. Crushed it. Yeah. And away you go. But it was good. So they got a little lesson in. The art of negotiation. The art of negotiation, boys. My Sorry. buddy had a tomahawk uh, for Father's Day. And they have a, nice, a, little, they have a nice little setup. Uh, they have a fire pit. You know, with, so you've got the wood logs and everything like an outdoor fire pit. But they... For Christmas, his wife got him the grill that like goes great. on top. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you can literally just, on top of your fire pit, you can have at it from a food standpoint. And I'm like, I think I need to start doing that. That sounds good. I found for me, personally, with the Tomahawks, because you can get them and they come and they're often yay thick. Yeah, it's a tough. I find that. sous vide is great for it because and it takes how longer. How do you do it? How do you so one just t- submerge the the meat part or what do you do with the so bone? I get, there's no I get sack like that's a, that big i get like that you can get some like two gallon hefty makes a two gallon like i can do the whole prime ribbon so you can get it to fit uh. in there if the bone is upset like if it's an extremely long bone i'll tell the butcher hey take four inches off this bone yeah i don't need we don't up oh, up oh, there you go you're we back, don't we back. don't need all this bone the bone's gonna impart its flavor we're gonna be just fine yep but so then you get that but yeah get in the bag and then it takes longer because it's thicker. So I might be three hours at 129, but then you know that you can just get it so hot and just and it's, done. 
Yeah. It'll be perfect because the hard thing with a steak that thick is to get a char the way that you want and then still have the inside still be what the you way want. you need without, it to be. Right. Otherwise, you might have a, a steak like we saw a prominent football reporter put on Twitter a, a few weeks ago, which was an unmitigated disaster. You if I, that. I don't even know how to respond when people when that when they cook a steak that way, when they want one that way. Like, just have a hamburger, man. Who is the guy? Who, we had a player in here who said that they were going to medium, and that was like a big step. Remember that? That was this spring. We had somebody it was in this here, year. And we had somebody in here, and they were saying how you know they had always been well done, and then they graduated to medium. They're sitting, sitting right, right there. there. I cannot recall who it was. It was recent. It was. It was in the last was month and a half. Was it Yes. It was Perry and Winfrey. Yes. Yep. Because he felt like yep. somebody and it was a rookie. Yep. would thrive in a medium-rare world. Oh, God. Yeah. Especially yeah. down in Oklahoma, you oh, probably God. had an, a, access to tremendous. A lot of choice. Tremendous. Yes, a lot of choice. CBS, so, they call it down there. So the no choice golf, Brown then. spotted. I played, um, so it was all obligations all weekend. I had, yeah. um, we had a, a 50th birthday party for my friend Duke. I saw the great Bobby Cart there. He was there in the mix. Um, sure, he was living his best he life. He was living his best life. Uh, wanted me to tell you hi, so I'm doing that. I'm fulfilling my obligations. Um, so I had a great birthday party on Friday. Then we had a graduation party on uh, on Saturday, lovely graduation party. And then Saturday night, my oldest had a birthday party. So Bootsy, Beamsy, and I hit the course. We hit the links at like 7.15 we went out there. Perfect. Yep, it was perfect. That's it's awesome. interesting. I, I do believe that while I am not worth a damn at this sport, I did hit driver for the first time in a year. I hit driver. It, uh, it felt Well, most importantly, it felt good in the days that followed. Yeah. Um, so I hit three drivers. So I you're hit, back. I hit one straight, uh, one left, one right. So it, a full full variety. Uh, so but most back. importantly, right? Most importantly, I didn't. I, I felt fine the next yeah. day. So that's a win. So I feel like that's that means that I can amp it up a little bit and actually go, you know, play eighteen. Um, but what I am is, while not being worth a damn myself, I am very good at assessing others' issues, including my kids, and giving them little tweaks to allow them to hit it straight. That's great. Which is great. Beamsy couldn't hit it clean. He wasn't hitting it clean. He always hits it clean, but he wasn't hitting it clean. A couple of tweaks. There it is. Pure as the driven snap. Got it out there. Bootsy hit a 20-foot putt, rattled it in. Too Putting easy. contest. Too easy, Dad. Too easy. Yeah. Oh, it was good. It was a nice weekend. Very nice weekend. We'll get into the golf uh, coming up in the second hour of the program because there's a lot going on on that side of things in the U.S. Open and the factor it plays on the on Father's Day. Go ahead. So the art of negotiation, you talked about the art of, and you just talked about tweaks. So I have a question for you. Yeah. I'm also very good at giving golfers a pointer that can, that can help their game. And it was a few weeks ago, but here's, the, here's my internal conflict. A few okay. weeks ago, I was playing with Jimmy. 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 And Jimmy, fine man, very entertaining fellow, great golfer, great, great human. I noticed... He was just flipping his hands at the ball, and that would cause him to hit these pull hooks, or sometimes he'd lag it and it'd go way out to right. And I said, "You gotta, you need, you gotta hit it with a firm left side. You need the back. Think of a, taking the back of your left wrist down the line through impact, and then you're gonna rotate through after. But don't just flip your hands at the ball. You gotta hit it. You gotta hit down and through the ball. Yep. So it was great because Jimmy and I were partners that day. Yeah. And it and it and it helped him significantly. Well, yesterday. Well, I was rolling around four under par, getting my butt kicked. Mm, you know, I don't like this. By Jimmy yesterday. And then, so now I wonder, should I give any of these guys tips? They're taking all my, my cash. 
And then he goes, I, I texted him this morning because I was, I was pretty bummed after I, I lost yesterday. But I said, he said, by the way, there's definitely something to that left hand you told me about a few weeks ago. Onward. Yeah, there was something to it. No kidding. And now you're whooping me. <laughs> Not really, but in the system. No, but in the system. Yeah. The way that the system goes. With the system. As we were talking beforehand, we talked about this last week when you were on your golf trip or when you just come back. Like guys that are, that's two biggest swings. With those handicaps. It's, it's too big a swing, man. Too good for me. Can't have it. All right, Jake Trotter will uh, join us at the top of the hour, uh, assess everything that's happened in the last couple hours on the Deshaun Watson front. Uh, we will get into that coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumpke Waste Recycling, family owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer, as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. As we said off the top of the hour, uh, right around the noon hour today, um, Tony Busby, the uh, attorney for uh, the 24 uh, civil lawsuits that were being uh, fought against Deshaun Watson, uh, announced a settlement of 20 of the 24 lawsuits. Um, Brian McCarthy is an NFL spokesman, so he had a statement earlier today as well, saying today's development has no impact on the collectively bargained disciplinary process. Uh, just me talking there, I don't necessarily believe that because I almost feel like in order for that process to really begin, you had to have some closure to this other part, and you get some of that uh, with with the yeah. settling of the 20. So this this allows But he's got to say just forward. like everybody. Everyone has like, to say the same thing. I know. We're not interested in settling. We're not interested in settling. This has no bearing. Of course, these folks, stuff's all. All, all the pieces all matter. Didn't you watch The Wire? All collected. That's right. All related. All the pieces matter. So that's that's where it stands on this. Um, in, in terms of, of what this means, it does feel like, you know, this is going to be a, col- a bit of a collaborative thing going forward in terms of how what what a potential suspension will look like for Deshaun, the length of it, uh, when that suspension happens. But again, guys, it's June 21st. Um, things have to happen on this front relatively quickly. We are five weeks from camp. So you want this thing. It's imminent. Yes. You you want to have resolution uh, soon so that you can know what you're dealing with by the time that you get to camp. Um, and and so there's a lot of layers to the to that process. And that my hunch is that those conversations have been taking place uh, for a little while now. Yes. So, so that's kind of where you stand on that. Yes. Yes. Those – I no doubt that those conversations have been taking place for a while. Everything that we saw over the last, the end of last week, the comments from the NFL, the comments from the NFLPA, that was telling you that they were working something out and that I think a resolution is close at hand. And with that, we headed on the hotline for a visit uh, with our good buddy Jake Trotter, of course, at ESPN. Uh, Jake, actually, you were the first person that uh, that I saw with this. So uh, uh, you helped me this morning on my other activities uh, when, I, when I saw this one break down. Um, we're a couple hours removed from the initial uh, news coming out. Where are you now with this? And, and how do you uh, – I guess the next logical question is where do we go from here? Yeah, Bo, I think the question is what is this – mean or does it mean anything especially as it relates to the Browns and the NFL you know the NFL told me in a statement that 
it was going to have no impact on the outcome of the league's investigation. Um, the league is already nearing an end of its investigation by Roger Goodell's own admission a couple of months ago now, or a month ago, whenever that was. So I would think that we're getting pretty close to knowing what the NFL is going to do. Now, it is going to take some time once that process starts. So the NFL, according to the CBA, I was actually rereading it this morning or this afternoon. Um, the NFL will make a recommendation to Sue Robinson about what kind of punishment it, 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 it recommends. And they have to do that 10 days out at least before Robinson will begin to make her own evaluation uh, of the NFL's findings and insert her own opinion into what she believes the suspension should be. So the NFL is going to make a recommendation. Uh, they'll submit that to the NFLPA. I, I would assume the league is just going to announce what that is. Um, if it doesn't, it's going to get out anyway because so many people are going to be involved at that point. And then we're going to have 10-plus days before it goes to Sue Robinson, um, in which case she then begins her evaluation. Uh, and then it goes to the commissioner. Um, you know, it can be appealed uh, by the NFLPA, which it sounds like the NFLPA is going to do. Basically what I'm saying is it's just going to take a while. This isn't like we're not going to – it's not going to be like a Thursday in July, and all of a sudden this is going to be wrapped up. This is going to take a very long time uh, for the NFL and the NFLPA and Watson's side and the Browns to deliberate on. And so um, the sooner they start the process, the better chance they have of finishing it before the start of training camp, which I think is everyone's goal. Um, so I, I think we could, we could hear something, you know, next week, the week after from, from the NFL's investigators. So is there not a scenario, Jake, that would where the NFL and the NFLPA and Watson all kind of come together and say, all right, this is we're all good with this and they can thus forego going to to Judge Robinson? Yeah, the way I understand it, Nathan, the only way that would happen is if the investigators recommend no suspension. If the investigators recommend no suspension, then we are done. It doesn't go to Robinson. It doesn't go to the NFLPA doesn't go to the commissioner. Uh, so uh, there has to be a recommendation of a, of a suspension, whether it's one game or 17 games or whatever, uh, for that process to begin. And again, we don't know. We don't know what the league is thinking. I mean, uh, the league could recommend to Sue Robinson. We don't think Watson should be suspended. Or they could say, again, we think he should be suspended the entire season. That, that remains up in the air. But it, it's not like the NFL investigators, Watson, and Roger Goodell get in a room and come up with the suspension together. That is not the format as part of the 2020 CBA. And that's this independent arbitrator as agreed upon by the NFLPA and the league. Uh, this person has a major role to play in the event that a, a suspension is recommended. Jake, in, in terms of 20 of the 24, um, when I first read this, I thought, okay, what about the other four? I'm sure that's what all of us thought. Um, I, I have seen some stuff this more uh, in in the in the hour or two since to lead to believe that the others will be two. Where where what is your understanding of that? Is because to me to settle twenty and not all feels like it falls a little short. Yeah, so just to speculate a little bit, um, but go back to last NFL trade deadline. You remember the Miami Dolphins were looking at trading for Watson, and they did their own investigation. 
uh, down in Houston of the situation. And the Dolphins were not going to make a trade for Watson unless every case was settled. And I believe the number they got to, I'm, I'm like 99% about the, uh, right, uh, uh, confident in this, is that it was 18 of the 22. So the same, uh, you know, same situation where there were four women who were unwilling to settle uh, in that particular situation, which kind of facilitated the demise of the deal, um, you know, because the Dolphins were, to my understanding, all or nothing. And so now we're um, in, in, in a similar situation where 20 of the 24 have been settled. Now, I can't say for sure if it's the same four. I do know that Ashley Solis was one of the holdouts last fall. And uh, according to the statement that Tony Busby sent me, she, she is not settling now either. And so I don't know if this is a financial question or if these four women want to be heard in court and they're not willing to settle no matter what. That's that, I don't know about okay. that, but I do know that there's been a, you know, that, you know back in the fall and, and even now, there are four women who have been unwilling to settle. I don't know if it's the same four women, um, and I don't know if it's a question of money or these, one, these women you know, want to go to – court so that their voices can be heard there so all right jake given that we still don't know where we are from here we'll talk about the quarterback position that we do know we know deshaun watson's here we know jacoby Brissett's here and i know that you have put out your 53-man roster or early predictions on a 53-man roster and i'll tell you you're making some news here today jake because people what are running with your you said, you said, and I quote, while Cleveland could ride the season with Brissett as its starter in the event of a Watson suspension, the Browns could also look for another quarterback trade. Baker Mayfield for Jimmy Garoppolo. Anyone to help the team tread water while Watson is out. Is that just your speculation, or is that something that you heard is imminent that the Browns would be looking for another quarterback? I can't handle any more quarterback drama this offseason. So, uh, actually, that that's just me speculating and – uh, or throwing it out there as something that kind of sure. makes sense. Does that make sense to you guys? It kind of like let's say Watson is suspended. You know, hypothetically, let's just say he's suspended for the season. I think we all agree it's gonna be very difficult for the Browns to compete for a Super Bowl uh, with despite the roster that they have. And because of the roster that they have, it's also very difficult to say well. Let's just kick the can down to 2023. You know, we're in Miles Garrett's prime. We're Nick Chubb's prime. Like, sure. nobody wants that, right? Uh, Brown fans don't want that, obviously, either. So, you know, you have Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo would probably be the best quarterback that you could reasonably acquire in a trade. And it actually makes more sense to me from the Cleveland side of it than the 49ers yeah. side of it. Um, because, it, you know, if they weren't ready to turn it over to Trey Lance, they would just keep Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Um, but but just kind of looking at, like, is there a veteran quarterback you, that you could go get? Like, that that makes sense to me. But I'm not, I'm not reporting that. I have not heard that at all. And, in fact, everything that I have heard is that the Browns are going to move forward with Jacoby Brissett in yes. the event of a Watson suspension. Now, they could have a meeting once this happens and say, hey, like, what, you know, is this what we want to do? Uh, is there somebody out there we should go get? But to this point, everything that I've heard is that it's Jacoby Brissett if Watson is suspended. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't know that it makes sense from the 49ers side of things. 
um, is the issue. And that, that gets to it. Let, let's do Baker for a second here while we're on the subject of quarterbacks and all that goes around it. Yeah. That's um, that that's still a part of it. Um, the, the Browns, I'm sure, view him as an asset as he is one, and if they're going to pay him, uh, like the, the notion of them cutting him to me makes absolutely no sense to me. Like they will get something for him via trade or else you just honestly, you could just wait it out if you if you had to. Um, but I, I, I see no scenario where they cut him not to play or for him to play for somebody else. So then it comes back to Baker's mindset. You've known him a long time. Um, could he, because I, I'm trying to look around the league and say, where is a spot if you were trying to, facilitate for him to compete for the starting job there aren't that many jake and i think honestly like even seattle to me what seattle's clearly trying to do is go to the bottom and go draft cj stroud number one next year i think that seems like their plan so take me inside his head a little bit and what's he thinking right now would he be a backup would he be a willing backup yeah, so I, I think there's only one viable trade partner at the moment, and that's the one we've all heard about, Carolina. And they seem, like, lukewarm at best. Like, I don't think they seem especially fired up about Baker Mayfield being their starting quarterback. I think they look at it like, well, if Sam Darnold is not the guy. Like, who could we go get that might be a little bit better? And I agree with you, Bo. I think if Baker Mayfield is released, that it would happen at the trade deadline. I don't think it's going to happen before then. I actually think they would keep him on the roster all the way into November, which would, by the way, be really awkward um, mm-hmm. because he would have to be in the building uh, as part of the uh, the new CBA. You can't excuse him from training camp the way you can from minicamp. If he's on the roster, he has to be there or he has to get fined. So, you know, you kind of come back to this, well, if Baker Mayfield's on the roster and Deshaun Watson suspended, you know, and you can't trade him anywhere and he's on the roster and he's in the building, like, could we revisit the possibility that he could play for the Browns again? And I continue to get the sense that that's just not anything that's no. viable right now from the Same. Browns' perspective and from Baker Mayfield's perspective. Like, people ask me yeah. what percentage chance to put on it. I've been going, like, 0.1% chance. I and might come up high. to point two or a point three, <laughs> but it's not more than one. No, and, no. I mean, I just both sides have moved on. Baker's moved yes. on. He doesn't want to play for the Browns. Browns moved on. They don't want Baker to play for them. I mean, it's just not a thing. But I do wonder, guys, if if like we're you know at the start of the season, and we're you know the Browns are one and two, and Watson's going to be out you know double digit games. I don't think he like, is, and, but yes. And Baker's still happen? in the building. Like, do we do we start talking about this again? Like, I, I would rule that out. Well, go go back to – I, I, I kind of would. I, I would just say this. Would, would you yeah. – would you, um, I would too. Would, but I do mean, you think just... that he would – do you think he would be – because it opens it up if he – like, for example, like let's say Tampa Bay, and I know that they like their guys, and we're just having fun here on a Tuesday in the middle of June, for God's sake. Right. Yes. Don't hold us to any of this. But, but, for example, Tampa Bay, would he be open to going to a place like that behind Brady for a year? Because one thing we all know about him, and you know it even better than we do, he is a force of personality. Like, I don't see him going somewhere and sitting behind Trey Lance or Justin Fields, like, or even the situation in Carolina. Like, to me, he's going to want to go in to compete for the job, and if he can't do that, I don't. would he be interested in that? Well, I and I just realized I didn't even answer your question, Bo. Sorry, it's all good, brother. Uh, Don't but, worry. Lock on. I mean, it really, it really is not up to Baker right now. 
No, I understand that, but I just mean from his attitude standpoint, just hypothetically speaking, could you see him wrapping his head around it? Yeah, I think so. I think I think he could go to Tampa and be Tom Brady's backup. I I think I think he could be sold on that. I don't think that's his mindset. Like I think he sure. sees himself as a starter in the NFL. And by the way, I I think he's one of the best, you know, thirty-two quarterbacks in the NFL. Sure. Uh, you know, he's won a playoff game. A lot of guys have not. Um, and he's had some rough moments, but he's had some really good ones too. So, uh, but it, yeah, I think he could, and I actually think that might be the best best path for him. Like very Mitchell Trubisky esque. You go back up, you know, you read all these stories about, you know, Mitchell Trubisky and the Bills practice. Oh, my gosh, he's lighting it up. And all of a sudden, he's starting for a team that, you know, there's a scenario in which the Steelers could be a playoff contender this year. Um, So, yeah, I think that that would make sense. Um, And I think he would be open to it if it were the right situation. Um, But, again, like, he just doesn't have much say in this because it's ultimately going to come down to who the Browns trade him too and right now it's not just a big list of teams that are open to that possibility right now no doubt all right let's talk a little bit about what you saw out here mandatory mini camp in the books we've talked a a lot about the quarterback position but and I think there have been some things that you see from that position you say oh this looks pretty darn good but what if anything let's say on the offensive side of the ball what if anything jumped out at you about this football team that we saw here through the OTAs and the mandatory mini camp Just on the offensive side, Nate? Yeah, we'll start on offense, yep. Yeah, you know, David Bell catches everything. Yep. Um, you know, I think that they are very comfortable with the receiving core going into the season. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, adding a veteran receiver. I think if they add any kind of veteran, it's going to be a defensive tackle, not wide receiver. So I think the offense is pretty well set. Uh, really like what I saw out of Jerome Ford, the running back they drafted at Cincinnati. Yeah. You know, a guy that can catch the ball maybe more than – we would have thought, you know, an option out of the backfield, and that's going to put somebody like Ernest Johnson. We all love Ernest, but, you know, they're not going to keep five running backs either. So that, that's going to be an interesting competition um, this fall. And the other thing I, I kind of noticed, and it's not like I, anything you would notice in OTAs or minicamp because nobody's blocking anybody, but I really like the depth of the offensive line. I mean, they've got a lot yeah. of guys on the bench that have started a bunch of games at multiple positions, and we have seen – at least since I started covering the team in 2019, where they've gotten in some spots where they've got problems at, at offensive line depth um, because of injuries or otherwise. And I, I think that they're positioned pretty well. Um, you know, if, if Jack Conklin or Jedrick Wills or Keller has to miss a couple games, I think they're in a good spot in terms of replacing those guys on a short-term basis. So I like the depth of the offensive line as well. Oh, well, what's cool about the, the 10 guys you have making the offensive line room, Will, Jedrick Wills, Batonio Harris, Teller Conklin, Michael Dunn has started, Blake Hans has started numerous games at multiple positions, James Hudson has made starts last year, and he's only in his second year, Chris Hubbard started 40-plus games, Posick started 40-plus games, so you don't have anybody even in that room that hasn't played in the National Football League, so I think you're right about that. I have a question for you, you know, you're talking about Ford, and I think he looked great, and look, we all love Dearness Johnson, and I think that... There's no doubt in my mind, much as you said earlier, and this is me talking, I'm curious if you agree, that Baker Mayfield's one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league. I think Jarvis Johnson's one of the 32 best running backs in the NFL. And I think it's amazing that, you know, in this period in the offseason, somebody didn't say, hey, let's give this guy an opportunity to be our guy because we saw that there. My question was, do you think, and I think this is something to really pay attention to, Felton kind of started with the running backs, Jake? 
and and I this is me this is not these are not scores this is my interpretation of it, was Ford was obviously really good right away because Felton's been exclusively a wide receiver basically for the last what six seven OTAs and the entire minicamp and I wonder if they think that's maybe his best path to making this football team yeah and and really kind of staying in the position he's been in where he can be a running back um, but you also use him out of the slot uh, you know Jakeem Grant is a guy that they can use out of the slot uh, in spots David Bell obviously that's what they drafted him you know to be a guy who works underneath the coverage but I, you know, I, the, the question I have about kind of the structure of the offense, probably more than anything else, is you know, how much are they going to involve Kareem Hunt this year? You know, we we forget about Kareem Hunt because you know he's hurt last year, but you know he's one of their better playmakers uh, when healthy. And you know, it's tough because you have Nick Chubb there as well. And listen, we all love the the you know the one-two combination where you wear down defenses in the fourth quarter. I mean, that was really their 2020 blueprint. So my point is, like, if you're going to get Kareem Hunt on the field with Chubb, you know, is Felton kind of playing that spot behind Hunt as a guy sure. that, you know, you can move around a lot? That's kind of something I sort of noticed uh, in minicamp a little bit. Like, and I don't know what kind of lasting power that's going to have, but kind of like a, like a, a backup Kareem Hunt role um, is kind of what I could see you know, from Felton. And this is a big August for Felton because he's probably not going to be returning kicks or punts anymore with Jakeem Grant on the roster. Uh, so he's going to have to make an impact somehow offensively um, because, you know, they, they we're talking about the Ernest Johnson. I mean, you know, it, even if you're the fourth running back, you can't feel super comfortable either, um, you know, about yeah. your, your job security. Well, there's a lot to it. Real quickly, before we've kept you for a long time, a lot of great stuff, buddy. Uh, on the defensive side, one thing that jumped out to us was just the back seven and how impressive that group looks. And, of course, that's going to be more so than up front because of the way that this was a passing camp. But those those passing windows closed quickly, Jake. Did, did, did that jump out to you as well over the course of minicamp and the availabilities? I think the secondary has a chance to be the best position unit on the roster. Agreed. Um, which I think is saying something because of the running backs and the offensive line and, you know, even the, the question mark, the defensive tackle, you know, you still got Miles and Clowney there. I don't see any weaknesses in the secondary. I thought Grant Delpit was one of the guys that really stood out this off season. You know, if he can stay healthy, he and JJ three at safety, that's very solid. Um, you know, they have a chance to be excellent at corner with Newsom sliding inside to the nickel, you know, and Emerson and greedy, uh, you know, sharing time opposite Denzel Ward. I, you know, it, it's going to be a very good unit. I think that they're going to have, I don't think people are talking about them that way, but I think that they have what a top 10 secondary in the NFL potentially. Is that reasonable? Yeah. I, I mean, very. I think it could be better than I, I agree. Yeah. With a lot of versatility elite. Man. Yeah. It's pretty special. Yeah. I I'm with you guys. I think the secondary is going to be uh, excellent. And they've got, they've got some good depth too. You know, Ronnie Harrison played a lot of games, uh, you know, for the Browns. Um, you know, Emerson, we'll see what he can do. I think A.J. Green is a guy that's, you know, going to be a key contributor. Like, I could see them the – one, the one question mark I have is who's – like, if they have a corner injury and you have to slide Newsom back outside, you know, who plays the nickel? They don't really have, like, an M.J. Stewart type, right? That's, the, I think, the one thing they may be on the hunt for around cutdown day. 
Um, but otherwise, I mean, there's really there's really not a lot to want uh, more beyond what they have in the secondary. So I, I feel really good about that unit uh, this year. Yeah, same. And I think right now, now if the injury to the outside was to Denzel, that would be the problem. But let's say it was to Greedy. And he'd be outside in the two receiver sets anyway or, or whatever. Denzel would come in. Or for, let's say it was to Greg and he was out, Denzel would probably kick into the nickel in those situations, and then MJ Emerson or A.J. Green would be on the outside with Greedy in those three. As no, you're right. Now, you're but right. to your point, but to your point, that's those are two guys who are starters that you're playing every single down. You know, you need to have somebody who's just kind of right in reserve can come in and play the nickel. And I know Jeff Howard and Brian Lynch are certainly working on that and cross-training some guys. We've even seen MJ Emerson get some work at dime, which would mean that he, they're giving him some work inside, not necessarily be a nickel, but could be in in a pinch, you know, like we were against the Chargers last year. I mean, it was right. unreal who was playing corner at points. It was. <laughs> right. It really yeah. was. Great stuff, Jake. Thanks for the time today, bud. Love talking to you. Okay, good to talk to you guys. Take care. All right, that's our buddy Jake Trotter. Covers the Browns at the very, very high level at ESPN, of course. Uh, joining us on the hotline there, Elk and Elk Serious Lawyers, Serious Injuries. Call Wayne and Elk, Ohio for a free case review. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. We'll go around the league, around the sports world as well. Coming up next, you'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Are your business operations suffering from internal communications breakdowns? My friends at EOX Vantage can help. Guys are data scientists, also business ops experts. Your EOX Vantage team helps you build a streamlined communication system. It brings together your email, your chat, intranet, announcements, CRM. It's one clear flow that's easy to understand and follow your people including those who work remotely gain a centralized hub that encourages collaboration there's no more disconnected communication methods that leave team members out of the loop or not on the same page in fact real everyday business problems are solved with eox vantage see how other business owners are getting everyone on the same page by visiting eoxvantage.com for more information on that side of things as we go around the sports world a little bit of breaking news in the nfl rob gronkowski announces his retirement is this the second official retirement for gronk yeah let's have another yes. uh let's have another dinner full of uh chilled seafood <laughs> chilled seafood and then and then we'll pay for it then we'll pay for it somehow there's only so much you can eat that's what we got last At some time. point you have to have a warm meal you can't just have seafood towers for dinner well it's not gonna apparently work. we could have only if you know if, if we wanted to eat for free, that's that was what right, we which was also not even like him. It wasn't also him even paying for it. Yeah, it was make good. Like, come make, on, let's call make. it what it was. It didn't even come out of his pocket. No, it was let's be very By honest way. about all, the whole operation. So Gronk posts that he's retiring and he's done in reaction to the Gronk's news. His agent, Drew Rosenhaus, texted Adam Schefter. It would not surprise me if Tom Brady calls him during the season to come back and Rob answers the call. This is just my opinion, but I would not be surprised if Rob comes back during the season or next season. Yeah. Well, of course not. Like, is it – would you put anything past those two now? No. Like, even Brady. He is so jumped the shark of being Brady. Like, it's I think unreal. Anything could be in play. He could tell me he's going to the Naval Academy, and I'd be like, okay. Seems like that's appropriate. Feels like, yeah. I'm trying to find what Gronk actually said. There's – Somewhere there's a state. He's going to play again. Like, Here it is. 
In college, I was asked to write about a dream job opportunity that I wanted to pursue and where the location would be. Every time I had to write about my future, no matter what, I picked being a professional football player. For the assignment, though, we had to pick the location, so I wrote that I wanted to play in Tampa for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for many reasons, the sunny weather being number one. I completely forgot about writing this report until two years ago when I had the opportunity to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And let me tell you, the journey in Tampa over the last two years has blown away what I originally wrote about in college big time. And for this, I want to thank the whole entire First Class Bucks organization for an amazing ride, trusting me to come back and play and help build a championship team. I will now be going back into my retirement home, walking away from football again with my head held high, knowing I gave it everything I had, good or bad, and every time I stepped out on the field. He also, didn't he score two touchdowns in their Super Bowl win? I think he may have. The Seems friendships like and relationships I have will last forever, from retirement back to football and winning another championship, and now back to chilling out. Thank you. Thank you all to all Buccaneers fans, the crew. Without you guys, none of this is possible. All of you brought it every game. Thanks for all you do. Cheers to what's next. Maybe sailing the seas with the pirate flag. Are... So, as people are already saying, he didn't mention the Patriots, but I would imagine without He's already looking, retired he from retired them. from the Patriots, and I'm sure wrote tons of stuff about him. Is he, is he like, um, is he Kenny Powers without any of the bad stuff? Feels that way. <laughs> but I mean, is that fair? I don't. But that's a pretty small sliver of Kenny Powers. No, there's a lot of good to Kenny. There's a lot of bad. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a naive approach to life. I think that he and so you're talking about his youthful say, exuberance and naivety. Yes, like a small child. Yes, yes. And I a feel big like body. correct. Yes, and skilled. I, I feel like he is Powers minus the bad. And I understand your point. It's a lot of bad. I'd like Gronk to come back like exactly when Brady did, to retire for the same amount of time and then be like, psych, I'm psych, back. I'm doing it. Yeah, Gronk caught uh, two <laughs> touchdowns. Who Six retires? I did have that. That a boy, Gibby. By the way, who retires right now? Yeah, why now? Like you could stretch it out six more weeks. Yeah. There's no camps. No, you don't do anything. No. Nothing to see here. And maybe it is. How long was Brady retired? Was he six weeks or was he only like two weeks? I don't know. But I remember we were at the Combine. It was like there's zero chance that he's staying retired. And that was at the end of February. <laughs> I thought he was playing for the Niners. Yeah. Um, Larry Ogunjobi visiting the Steelers today. I, we can't have that. We can't. Pl- Larry O, he's our guy. He can't I play. Mean, he went for to the, the Bengals. The Bengals and the Steelers post here. Um, Chase Claypool thinks he's one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL. Well, you're alone in that opinion, sir. I mean, and Gibbe puts on here, and rightfully so, he's not even one of the top three receivers in this division. Like, you would take... He's not even on his team. He's not the best receiver on his own team. No, Deontay Johnson is. Correct. You would take, obviously, Jamar Chase, Amari Cooper, probably T. Higgins over him, quite frankly. I'd take Tyler Boyd over him. Yeah, I'm not sure I wouldn't take Rashad Bateman by the time he plays. By the time it's all done, I like Rashad Bateman. I like him a lot. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't... He's got a lot of punk tendencies to him. The Claypool. He's got a yes. lot of punk tendencies to him. He does. I saw Indomitian Sue on ESPN yesterday. Is there some news on him potentially landing He's someplace? making the rounds. He was like on NFL Live yesterday. Yeah. Talking about the Lamar Jackson uh, contract. Yeah. So I don't know if he's, you know, feeling it out, seeing if there's a opportunity there or not. Yeah, I don't – I just don't know where he ends up. What I don't know what the best fit is. For a, for a little He's, while, I thought it was us. I think we all did. Could well still be by the time you get to camp. And, a, you sure. know, if you, you get to camp and he's available and hanging out. For him, I think you just wait, don't you? Yes. You just wait and see if somebody needs somebody that's yeah. a contender and a place that you want to play. Exactly right. You know? Um, 
this is pretty interesting from the Ohio State side of things. So um, former Brown Brian Hartline is a receivers coach down there. So yesterday he had a, got a commitment in the 2023 class for the number one, no, number two receiver in the country, a five-star receiver, Carnell Tate out of IMG Academy. Mm-hmm. Today he gets a recruit, uh, a commitment out of the number one receiver in that class out of IMG Academy, a kid named Brandon Ennis. So he has now had five-star wide receivers in back-to-back classes. Michigan has had one five-star commitment in the century. In this Donovan century, Peoples one, Jones. Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's it. They've had one. He's had two. In Why is he days. not a head coach of a college program? Or is Just it only experience. a matter of time? I think he'll be the next head coach at Ohio State. Okay. I think when Ryan Day moves on, he'll be the next head coach at Ohio I mean, State. He, he's, he's got a great is. life. He made a lot of money in the NFL. He's got a beautiful home in great the recruiter. northern suburbs. He's an elite recruiter. He has um, he has landed a commitment from 13 receivers since 2019. He has landed 13 receivers who are ranked in the top 100 in the country. 13 since 19. That's yeah, nuts. he's really good. Well, they go this is Ohio State. Like they didn't, didn't used to do this. You know, they've always had good receivers there, but it was almost despite themselves. You got to bet yeah. Terry Glenn, David Boston, but they Joey didn't, Galloway. They didn't Joey Galloway, but they didn't put him in a position to succeed but like no, they are. They weren't they don't, running they this offense. They were oh, running offenses no, like this. No, it's totally different. I, all right. By the way, in the time that this is from Ari Wasserman, in that time, so since 19, he has 13 of the top 100 players nationally, 13 receivers in the top 100 nationally. Okay. During that same span, the rest of the Big Ten has landed a combined two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's okay. So, this is the thing college football is an unbelievable sport. It is probably the second best sport, I would say, going today. It's definitely the second healthiest. Yeah. But it is inherently unfair in the sense that it is you would say it's fair but we all know it's not necessarily fair but like yeah it is dominated by a ruling class that will be and it changes because for a while you'd say it's inconceivable that usc is not at the top of the mountain it's inconceivable that notre dame would not be you know an elite program and yet you know here we are it does go cyclically but like right now you know ohio state yeah alabama yep georgia yep and then there's usually one that rotates through Clemson, Clemson LSU, Oklahoma, LSU, Oklahoma, right. USC, maybe trying to sure. get back there. Right. But I mean, it's, I will say this, the sport has never had this much imbalance in the 20 years that I've been around big time college football. It has never been there. In all of us are men. We're 40 in our lifetime, Washington, Georgia tech, Colorado, when we were really little, BYU. Yep. There, all of these teams won national championships. Yep. Nebraska, Miami, Florida State, Florida. Look at all the teams that won national titles during during in, from nineteen eighty to to nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. We haven't had a new national champion. I'm pretty sure I have this right. I don't think we've had a new national champion since Florida in nineteen ninety six. Have not had a new national champion. It's yep. been the same teams over and over and over again and since going to the playoff era it's been even more it's the same four or five teams playing at it it's georgia ohio state clemson lsu oklahoma, uh, oklahoma. Th- those five i mean michigan state got in there twice washington once but they don't get to the chipper no notre dame once but they don't get to the chipper like that's the chipper is resigned for those teams it's great we've never just, had this big of a gap which which if i am a I am a, quote, mid-major. I understand how important football is 
but maybe you should start putting your money into something that you know that you can contend in. No, what they should do is they should put their money into actually being a subdivision of this. And I, you're talking you're, you're talking, talking about Bowling Green and stuff, right? Yeah. I'm saying you don't need to play Division One football. You need to play what used to be old one double A, and you play against the non Power Fives. That's what it should be. And you could still play up and go play Ohio State and get your paycheck, but you should also compete for your own thing. It makes no it's, sense for them to be playing in this type of game. Here's it's what's awful. It's crazy. Here's so back to your point, which I think is so crazy about this. So you've got first year was Ohio State won and they beat Oregon. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the last time you're going to hear Oregon's name. Alabama beats Clemson. Clemson beats Alabama. Alabama beats Georgia. Clemson beats Alabama. LSU beats Clemson. That's the only time you're even going to hear LSU. Right. Alabama beats Ohio State. Georgia beats Alabama. I mean, like. It's the same. And that's at least a cool thing to me, at least about college basketball. Is yeah. That you get variation. So, Small schools can go on crazy runs and win it all. This is basically we have an NFL feeder conference in the SEC. Yeah. We've got Ohio State is the non-SEC outlier. And you take Clemson as well. They're Clemson in there four too. times. And yeah. they're ACC. But to me, because they're in the South geographically, it feels it like they're feels still like like yeah. in that same area. And that's it. So in the last couple of recruiting cycles, the last two or three recruiting cycles, Ohio State, Bama, and Georgia, those three schools, this last one was one that's different because A&M paid the class and they had a huge class. But up until this last one, those three schools had more top 100 players than everybody else combined. Yeah. That's how much talent was in those three programs over the, peer, over the course of the last four or five years. It's, I mean, you could honestly argue Ohio State's underachieved. And I think it's fair. Well, I think it's based on the talent that I they only have won two titles in 20 years with all of the talent that's coming. And through. in this era, one title and one second, and that's it. That's it. And the the, the title that's that they crazy. won was third string quarterback. I mean, it was Cardale, yeah. took a lot to make it happen. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you could argue that they've underachieved. I was going to say, has it gotten to the point now where if you don't win the championship, it's considered a failed season? Not just making this year, the championship. This year for Ohio State, 100 percent it is with everybody that they have coming back. 100% it is. If they don't, this is a national championship team. The best team they've had that didn't win it since I've been here was 2000, was the Justin Fields freshman year when they had him, Chase Young, J.K. Dobbins. They had three Heisman finalists. Was that the year after? And they, they lost won it? to Clemson. There were 10 things that had to happen for Clemson to win, and they all of them did. And then Clemson ended up losing to Burrow and LSU. Not to say they would have beaten LSU, but that was the best Ohio State team that didn't. But the crazy thing about them is that their best teams don't win it. No. 95, 98, two that most talented teams, 2015, 2005, 2019, their best teams don't win it. The two best teams in Ohio State in the last 40 years are not 02 and 14. They're no, not. No, no. But they're the two that won the national title. Um, all right, real quick on the U.S. Open. You, you want it off of Father's Day? I, I don't want I – don't, I like the Father's Day. Like I'm in the middle of I'm in the middle of hosting. Yeah, I, I yeah. missed everything. And Saturday I I've got other obligations. I was out of town. Weather is perfect. I'm getting out of the house. I'm not sitting in front of a TV. Do it the weekend after. Do it an, at another point. But Father's Day weekend, U.S. Open, doesn't doesn't make sense to me. So I like it on Thursday and Friday. Saturday yeah. I did not watch much of it all. I'll be perfectly honest. Kind of had a on but yeah, i didn't but it wasn't, I wasn't like dialed in. in and then like i pulled out the outdoor tv sundays i said we went to the pool and then i when we came home 
I said I want to. I just want to watch like the back nine of the U.S. Open. And I yeah, to watch it, and that was frankly that's all I needed to watch the U.S. You don't Open. need to watch anymore when the weather's yeah. this nice. No. Don't you see, folks? No. When people rail on like sports fans in the South, this Sunday is there every day. Yes. Gorgeous. Yeah. They don't want to sit in front of a TV for twelve hours and watch a golf tournament. You want to watch the stuff that matters at the end. Um, I thought I loved it. I thought that the the star of the whole thing was the course. I thought the course was the star of it. I thought it was better than any individual player. I loved the. Th- I thought it was thrilling with the three of those guys in the final. Uh, I thought for a second uh, Matsuyama was going to make a run at it with when he posted three and he was maybe going to get to four. Uh, Rory never got it going, but I thought those other three guys all showed a ton of guts. But I thought the course was a star. I loved seeing them having to wear like pullovers. I love the idea of – I didn't know – I haven't seen the country club in so long. I didn't realize it, it had awesome. that type of undulation. It looked yeah. so creative. It looked so cool. It was. I loved it. I thought it was absolutely great. By the way, do you know what's up next? 150th. At? St. Andrews. It's going to yeah. be unreal. It's going to be unbelievable. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah, it is. Um, Brooks Kepka to, to live. Yeah, of course. I believe we had that. By the way, I believe we had the final score. I think I said exactly six on the you show. Did. I had you seven. Did. You had seven. You had five. Oh, yep. So we were all right there about what but it would take. at the time we did it, I think the leader was either five or six. Yeah, it was the right there. And we thought even, And that was on Friday. That was Friday. And so even Parr did it throughout the weekend. Uh, it does feel like Brooks to live is a tipping point for the sport. I do think that he has because now you're talking about if you were to say like the most important players on tour before live, you would say McElroy, Thomas, Rom, um, who else that's still Kepka, on PGA? G- who's still PGA? That's CPL, but th- that's it. What you did is where I was going to go next. Would have been those three, and it would have been DJ, DeChambeau, Kepka. Those six feel like the most important. Phil. And Phil, right. So, I mean, Tiger, but Tiger's right. you know, not really playing. And so th- then there, then you get into the second group, which is like the Morikawa, Schefflers, and those guys are on the come, but they're not who these guys are. They're not the stars of the sport yet. Everybody who's upset and and – did you see Charles Barkley's comment? Yeah, Charles, I did. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Did you see that, Gibbe? I, I feel like not. that's something you would have said. Barkley said for $200 million, he'd kill somebody in his family. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Out of boy. Yeah. yeah. Like, anybody right now working in their current job, if they said to you, I'm going to guarantee that I your pay 10Xs, mm-hmm. quadruples, doubles triples any of these multiples and you are going to work a fifth of the time 20 percent as often mm-hmm. yep. and you're going to make 10 times more and work 20 percent as often who says no to that no yeah i mean it, what they were pushing was this you know the blood money deal with the devil all of that stuff which is makes this all so interesting but everybody but has everybody's a price on in that business stuff. with yes they all and they all have a price on that stuff and the only thing that I think would be interesting is if in the back of my head, I would say, but this is so much financial gain that it's hard to imagine. Uh, but the only thing you thought is like, if they ever get bored of this and are like, yeah, we tried this. It didn't really work for us. But maybe they don't like grinding town to town and going to oh, play. For like, out why loud, would of course they? Not. Why would they want to? You play in eight events. You can still play the majors. Yes. Until the majors state, and I don't think they will. No way. Definitely Augusta and British won't. By the way, if they do, it tarnishes the majors. Right, because they got to have the best fields. you got to have the best fields. you got to have the best golfers yeah. in the world competing for the be- in yeah. the best events. I'll tell you what, Firestone, I have nothing to back this up, but I Firestone, a live event, what's stopping them? Sitting there. I, I believe you and I talked we about We talked this. about it a couple weeks yep. ago, Gibby. 
why not? Like, I get Sitting that there. you've got this senior event, but if you can bring these guys in. Yeah, for sure. PGA's not knocking on your door. No. Is no. Miguel Angel Jimenez going on the live? Because that guy would a, be the one you'd want. Abram Answer did too this afternoon. That so was one of my. Uh, that's one of my favorite stories from the uh, from the Ken Stewart's. The original Ken Stewart. The original Ken Stewart's. Yeah. I was. Uh, we had a dinner there um, in the bar underneath the big steed. Yeah. The big brown spotted there that they have. Yeah. The the gorgeous of, brown spotted and all the European guys are Miguel and Jimenez. All of them back. This is when the Firestone tournament yep. was happening, and uh, we ended up talking to them and and sharing quite a good time together shocking and miguel on jimenez is everything you'd want him to be perfect and more so much more to come cleveland browns daily 850 espn cleveland cleveland browns daily on 850 espn cleveland all right the next level coming up next we're back tomorrow thanks for listening everybody cleveland browns daily 850 espn cleveland you've been listening to cleveland browns daily a production of the cleveland browns and espn 850 wknr